FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 408 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked, I'm your host, Jason Slash and Bash Brouhaha Venable, and this is a flashback episode on Shiva Strikes Back. Um, yeah, we're gonna cover a nice little chunk of Wolverine solo books and the other Wolverine book, too. Um, some bonus coverage of some Marvel Comics Presents. I had warned, <laughs> advised, just commentating that these next couple of flashback episodes would be pretty full. And I think it's safe to say why. I think I have enough ironed out that I can say what what I'm planning and what, what I'm trying to do. So, much like for the current event, Ten of Swords, um, participating in a crossover, which, by the way, is with Homo Superior, House of X, X Reads, and Comic Book Queers. Um, all great shows, and Homo Superior is having the, kind of, they're carrying the, I guess they're the event book <laughs> of the thing, and having guests on from all of our shows to come on there, and then we did the, the Alpha episode, and we'll do an Omega episode at the end. So, definitely be listening to all of that. Um, recurrent coverage. That also inspired me, um, Wanted to do something special for Executioner's Song. And the timing was close enough and thankful for both of these podcasts for being a little flexible and, and getting things a little out of whack if, as long as I promise to hold up my end and kind of compromise uh, on the timeline a little bit, which, which I was more than happy to do. But basically going to do a super crossover on Executioner's Song with uh, Grant and the Cable Guide podcast and Dan and Georgie from Excalibur who you often get, get to hear talk about new books on this show and every now and then um, get to talk about old stuff. In fact, I had them on for um, uh, Extinction Agenda. My memories of Executioner's Song are better than those of Extinction Agenda. We'll see if that holds up. I think Grant's actually already started reading uh, based on his Twitter. I think he's already kind of started taking notes and stuff, so he may already have an opinion on how that book does or doesn't hold up. But I'm very excited to read it again. I'm very excited to talk about it with my good friends. So, what that means for me now, though, is I when I proposed the idea, because I knew Grant was getting close, especially when he started... Uh, uh, ganging up on his uh, Liefeld issues <laughs> in bulk. Um, I knew he was getting close. And so I had thought because in my mind in a couple episodes I'd be covering the next few books of X-Men anyway and then that was right before the, the crossover. I thought, okay, I'm almost there. And so I was like, hey guys, let's do this. And then I started doing my homework started looking at the multitude of Wolverine appearances between now and then and realized I was not nearly as close as I thought. But I didn't want 
it was such a good idea and such an idea that I was already getting so excited about, I didn't want to backtrack or, or pull out to say I couldn't, couldn't make it work. So my compromise was to put some like stuff together and cover a little bit more in bulk and a little bit faster pace. And then I'll kind of go back to how I was doing things before once I get past the event. But I'm, guys, I'm really excited about it. If you can't tell, I'm, I'm like super juiced to, um, you know, do, do something kind of different for, for my podcast and talk about it, uh, an event that I, like I said, I have no idea what I'll think about it now, really. But I have good memories of it. I remember like the poly bag and the trading cards and and Hubert coming on the book and Jay Lee coming on to, to some of the chapters and I just have a really fond memory. And I'm sure it'll be nineties as hell. But I'm looking forward to talking about it with my boys. Um So I'm very excited about that. So so if you're wondering like, oh geez, we're covering what, six issues of Wolverine today? And on top of that, like, I don't know, 11 or 12 issues of Marvel Comics Presents. Woo, that's a, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. So I guess we should get started. <laughs> enough preamble, enough of my excuses. Um, yeah, Shiva comes back. So I don't know if you remember. Way back, almost 10 issues ago, and I don't remember how many episodes ago on the, on the podcast. But um, we left off on Wolverine 50 where Shiva was like Sabretooth, Sabretooth, Sabretooth as his next target and then he ran off and Wolverine's like oh let him let him go and that was kind of the end of that well we're finally picking up that thread that dangling thread we're finally going to pick it up and carry it out to fruition and oddly enough a story that I forgot how much is reminiscent of the Wolverine Origins movie. There's a, besides some of the similar characters, there's a lot in here, a lot of elements that may have been stolen. Ah, that's not the right word. Lifted, inspired by whatever. Um, yeah, let's, let's jump into Wolverine 60, which is Counting Coup, uh, written by Larry Hama, pencils by Dave Hoover, Inks by Keith Williams, letters by Pat Brousseau, colors by Kevin Tinsley, and the cover is by Larry Stroman, and it's a pretty nice cover. It's not quite as weird or stylized as this X-Factor art, but it's still pretty great. Um, we have Wolverine kind of hunching in the background like a giant figure, almost laughing maniacally as Sabretooth and Shiva fight in the foreground. Um, Shiva looks pretty great. Sabretooth looks pretty great. There's an interesting thing, I think, so this is his 90s Jim Lee costume, right? Which has the brown and tan or brown and orange, almost like Wolverine's previous costume. Um, which I have an action figure of this costume, which I love. Um, but anyway, um, he, he has that, so not only is his hair kind of coming out the cow at the top, but then he has that big mane of hair of blonde fur like on his back and shoulders. Well, <laughs> there's a funny little thing that happens here where I think it's supposed to be fur hanging off the back, but he's got his arms up and it's coming out and it looks like he has 
really furry armpits, which I'm sure Sabretooth does. I mean, Creed, Wolverine, they're hairy guys. Probably lots of armpit hair, but I doubt they would have it through their costume. <laughs> anyway, just kind of a funny look on an otherwise pretty darn perfect cover. Um, it's a really, really nice cover. Like I said, a little more normal looking art for Strowman, but it's still really good. I like it quite a bit. Alright, so here's what happens in number six there. So we start by ignoring the terror story and picking up where 57 left off. It literally says, this story takes place before the events in Wolverine's 58 and 59. And this whole story, like 60 through 65. And then, I don't even know if it's really... I mean, I feel like Hammond was like, ooh, that terror story, that was uh, something else, huh? Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. And pretty much just ignores it forever and ever, as far as I know. I don't think that ever comes back in his run. Um, he was like, I needed a break. Thanks for giving me a break. Uh, now I'm going to pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> so, yeah, so we literally start off, like, from the last scene of issue 57, because we're still in Japan. We're at Mariko's graveside. Um, so Jubilee, Gambit, and Yukio are with Wolverine as he mourns at Mariko's graveside, like I said. Um, he struggles with feelings and memories of Silver Fox and Mariko and Howl's in the Rain. His two great loves to this point. Notice nothing about Gene in there. Just saying. Um, and yes, he literally just howls in the rain in grief. Uh, meanwhile, back in New York City, uh, Shiva finds Fancy Sabretooth in a wrestling match. So, this is weird. So, makes sense. I know we saw in an X-Men, uh, five, four, which one? Was it where Jim Lee put Sabretooth in a suit and it looks great, right? But he still has, um, what we would call, I think, I don't know, I feel like I'm being elitist here, I don't mean to be. Um, I don't normally see a lot of people dress up in three-piece suits to go to wrestling matches. There. I mean, that's that's a, a fair statement, I think. That's not being classist or anything. Um, so, so Sanderman, still, even though he's dressed to the nines, is at a place where he would very much belong, which is a rough-and-tumble wrestling match. Um, and so Shiva finds him, but then we switch scenes. Um, Matsuo has new finger swords. Um and trains on a wolverine mannequin. Uh, back in Japan, Sunfire drops by the grave. Uh, remember, he had, he had lectured Wolverine and Gambit and then flown off. Well, now he comes back and tells Wolverine to go home and to not seek out his own form of destructive justice. Because uh, if you do that, there's going to be property damage and people might get hurt. And we, as a representative of Japan, we all just want you to go home and not cause any more trouble. Um, this kicks off a flashback that inserts John Wraith into the Berlin mission that spawned Omega Red. So, I think there may have been some mention of some other operatives now we start to see them, um, and John Wraith is one of them. Um, and we also see him in present day time on a subway train, dealing with some punks, but we'll get back to him in a minute. Um, so, back in New York, Sabretooth decapitates Shiva, but the head memory blasts him, recalling a memory of Creed and his quote-unquote son, Logan, in a cabin. Creed is, of course, an abusive father and a bigot to boot. Um, 
he starts hitting on Logan, not hitting on, like, flirting, like, beating on Logan, um, because he's in love with a, an engine squaw, which is not a, not only not a great way to say that, but then also the idea that, that some definite inherent racism. By the way, Sabretooth, not a nice guy. No one would want to emulate his behaviors or voice systems. Um, yeah, so, um, but then Wraith pulls Sabretooth out of the memory by going into the memory. Almost, it's weird. It's like the, the lines between memory and reality get fuzzy. So Wraith is, becomes a part of the scene and is able to pull uh, Sabretooth out of it. Um, and he explains how Shiva is the program, not the multitude of robots. Uh, and just in time as a new one shows up, so the reader knows what's going on, too. Um, but they blow it up and grab the head, and then, uh, meanwhile, Wolvie and gang are en route to the airport until he smells Matsuo, and he literally cuts his way out of the cab in, like, like a pair of sweatpants or maybe karate pants and no shirt. But somehow, in all of that, between the cab and... Matsuo's rooftop, he finds his costume because he attacks the penthouse. And um, after slicing up some hand ninjas, he uh, cuts off Matsuo's brand new bionic hand. <laughs> Leaves him right back where he started. So much for those finger swords, right? Um, he then slices his face and says, So keep coming back to take one piece at a time. That's his vengeance. Not to kill Matsuo for his hand in Mariko's death, but to leave him alive and to routinely pay him a visit and take a little piece of him with his claws every time. It's a pretty, like, vindictive, nasty plan, but not not so nasty that it's necessarily evil. Like, he's punishing Matsuo. It's not very nice. It's not probably something I can do, but it makes sense for Wolverine, right? That it's just like, I don't know, it kind of feels like a Bruce Willis character move or something. I don't know. It's interesting. Is dark, but it's it makes sense, and he feels like killing him is too easy, right? He needs to pay for for taking the love of, of Wolverine's life. Um, so yeah, so a couple of things to kind of go into the details. Um, in the physical copy on page eleven, we get a great example of Hammer going really deep on explanations. Uh, he likes to do that in Hammer time. Um, let me read some of this. Um, he goes, Matsuo, with, with five or four little snicks with his little finger blades, goes, uh, the finest swordsmith in Japan has crafted five blades of laminated steel, strong yet sharp, pliable yet unyielding, soft as fine yet hard of edge, set into a prosthetic hand, created by the Mandarin's personal armorer. They are mounted on articulating claws, actuated by miniature hydraulic pistons to snap with inexorable force at the apex of every slash. The results are very satisfying, Shrek. Um, yeah, that's, like, going into the mechanics and how the gloves put together and all that fun stuff, that's definitely some uh, quintessential hammer time right there. Um, so... The other thing I wanted to kind of definitely talk about, for sure, is, well, obviously, so John Wraith and the old team kind of being inserted into that mission with Maverick and Wolverine and Sabretooth um, as kind of the cleanup guy. 
and we, we get it hints at his teleporting power. Um, it was a very interesting way that, that Hama takes that story from that Omega Red X-Men story and kind of starts adding his own elements so he can tell his story now. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, so then we have this scene of Daddy Sabretooth and Wolverine, his, his son. There's an interesting thing. So we know we're in the midst of finding out about like implanted memories and what's real and what's not. Was the cabin real? Was any of it real? You know, what have you. But what's interesting here and I don't know if this is supposed to be a new memory. See, Hama plays it really, and even at the end of this whole story, don't really have a clear idea. So, these implants work different ways, right? There are memories that Shiva triggers that are false, and there are memories that are true that were varied. And as Wolverine has been discovering memories and trying to figure out which ones are real and which ones aren't, he also has memories that he remembers that were implanted. So, is Shiva... I mean, the question coming into the story when we first see this, right? Because it's been hinted at, right? We had that episode with uh, Nick Fury in the sewer where there were hints of a relationship possibly even paternal with Sabretooth and Wolverine. Um, and and now we're, we're getting more mystery around that. And the idea is that Wolverine's been remembering stuff, some of it real, some of it not. You know, the whole Silver Fox, his life of Silver Fox is something that's a, a central theme to this, this story arc. Um, you know, was it real or was it not? What does he remember? As he remembers more about it, does that make it more resolute? more or less real? Is it more of a real memory, more of an implant? So the idea, and what we don't really know, is is this memory real or not? And and whether it's real or not, is this a new memory being drug up for Sabretooth, or something like I said, whether it's real or not, is it something he's quote-unquote remembered off and on the whole time? And so he's been under the impression I mean, let's pull back the curtain. As as a modern reader, we know that this will eventually be revealed to not be true. But the idea, or the question I kind of have for him, uh, and I'm interested to see how this continues to play out, is did Sabretooth believe that he was Wolverine's dad? And that played into like, the birthday thing, and he just eventually just kind of took it on because he likes being malicious and nasty. Or is this a new thing that he's suddenly like, oh, I'm Wolverine's dad? Well, okay, let's do something about that. Um, and we don't really know for sure, at least not yet, what his intention was with his memory. But it's new to the reader either way. And the idea is we're, we're flirting with the idea of whether Sabretooth is Logan's dad. Now, some interesting things, because even in this memory, it's not clear what's going on because even Logan because alright so we start the flashback of the memory and Sabretooth comes out and, and Logan's sitting on the porch and Sabretooth has a big moonshine jug he's been drinking and he says boy I don't hear you chopping no firewood 
You know all about idle hands, don't you? I sure hope I don't have to tire myself out beating the laziness out of you. What you doing back here? What you been doing back here all this time, boy? And Logan says, nothing, Pa. So he says, Pa. Right? So that's that's a key clue. And then Sabretooth says, in a pig's eye, I sure hope he wasn't lollygagging around that squaw brat from off the reservation. What's that? You're hiding behind your back. Give it up. And he starts, he takes a big leather strap and starts beating Logan and he drops the medicine pouch with the car key or the house key on it. Um, he says, but don't hold, don't you hold back nothing from your paw. But then Logan says something interesting. He goes, you're not my, and Sabretooth says, don't sass me, boy. I'll strap you raw, I will. So, it's interesting because in one scene, Logan says paw, but then when Sabretooth says paw, Logan protests and says, you're not my, and he gets cut off. And we don't know, is he saying you're not my real father? So is the idea that Sabretooth just took Logan under his wing, which would maybe fit with some possible actual history, um, and became a father figure? I mean, it's really interesting that even here, him is playing with this because Logan says Pa and then says you're not my all in one scene so really interesting I thought really really interesting um yeah so like I said Wolverine you know he got in the cab I was like he doesn't slice through the cab he makes them leave the sunroof open because he doesn't want to be happy he wants to be rained on because I'm only happy when it rains I'm only happy when I'm constipated um so, uh, he <laughs> so he, he smells Matsuo in the rain. I guess, you know, he smells like a wet, wet, big moffy hair, because he's got big moffy hair, um, as well, thanks to Jim Lee, right? Um, but yeah, so, uh, then he, he jumps out the roof, and Gambit goes, aha, the game is afoot, non, as Literally, we see Wolverine's bare foot jumping through the roof of the car. So, some, some foot pun there. Hammer likes his visual puns. Um, but, yeah. I mean, we don't really get the idea that he had a bag or that his costume was under his pajama pants. But somewhere along the way, in the rain, he changes from a pair of pants and nothing else to full costume. Um, and we get a nice double-snicked as he attacks the ninjas and cuts off Matsumo's hand. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's that one. That's number 60. Really interesting issue. You know, it's funny, because the story is pretty great. There's some clues, there's some mystery. You know, hindsight, we know how it plays out, but I, I remember reading this as a kid. I mean, like, whoa! And I, I can kind of still put myself in that whoa moment, right? I, even though I know how it turns out. Like, this is good story writing, good mystery. Um, it's really nice. Now, the art. I know Dave Hoover's done some okay stuff like on Alpha Flight, and maybe I'm trying to remember if he did some Excalibur filling issues as well. Um, the art in this is not great. It's not terrible, but it's not great. Um... You know, it's funny, because the last two issues, 58 and 59, um, I was so busy missing Larry Hama, because that writing was so terrible, 
and because Robertson's art was not bad, I didn't really miss Silvestri as much. It was our first issues without him, but I was so focused on how bad the writing was and how much I missed Larry Hama that I didn't miss Silvestri as much. This issue, and especially this story, and knowing how he's drawn some of these characters before, this is the one where I really missed Mark Silvestri. Um, you know, some of the humor in the art is like Hema has some humorous moments that don't play well because the art doesn't work. Um, yeah, really missed that collaboration in this issue. Um, you know, missed his version of Shiva, missed you know his saber tooth. Uh, would have liked to have seen him draw saber tooth in this costume. To be honest, um, it would have been cool. Um, this is his first time to be in this costume in this book um, before he was in the costume right before this so yeah yeah really really miss Sylvester that said I'm still going to give the book 5 out of 6 claws um, had Sylvester drawn this I promise you it would have been 6 <laughs> and that's how much I enjoyed it so okay after that we're going to move on to Wolverine number 61 which is the beginning of a different era for Wolverine. Um, big text is here. So, this is Nightmare Quest, script by Larry Hama, art by Mark Teixeira, big text, uh, colors by Steve Buccioletto, lettering by Pat Brousseau. Um, now, this is not Texas' first time to draw Wolverine. He had that uh, MCP story that he did. But, this will start his run on Wolverine, which will go for a little while. A couple interruptions, but, you know, it goes just for several months. And I remember it very fondly. And this cover is fantastic. Now, text is very stylized, right? Really bold inks. And kind of stylized poses and and exaggerated poses and you know one thing I noticed about this issue <laughs> you know people joke and, and give Liefeld uh, crap about uh, feet big Texas feet are like don't exist <laughs> they're like he doesn't cover them up he draws them all the time but they're they literally are like there's no foot it's like everyone has peg legs with shoes. <laughs> but I do really love his art. So that's a minor minor quibble and something I can laugh about now. Um, this cover from Wolverine 61 is fantastic. So it's got pink background. And it's got Wolverine holding the Shiva head away from him. And being blasted with eye, like, Kirkle Krabby. What? What did I just say? What just came out of my mouth? Kirby Crackle um, blasting out of Shiva's eyes into Wolverine's face and there's Kirby Crackle all over the cover and it looks great and Jubilee's trying to help Wolverine get away from the head. It's a, it's, a, it's a fantastic cover. It's quite amazing, I think. I like it a lot. Um, Alright, so in this one. Uh, we're on the flight home. I'm gonna going from Tokyo to LAX, and uh, Wolverine has a nightmare about conflicting memories. But his plane gets redirected to a shield helicarrier. 
Nick Fury takes Wolverine and Jubilee to meet John Wraith. This jogs more memories of different missions. Wraith takes them to his house, where we meet an unexpectedly aged Mastodon, who is one of the other guys from the, the, the mission team. So Wraith is tracking down the old team to try and figure out what happened. And that's how I like the movie, right? I mean, first of all, we have John Wraith. Um, we have those characters. And then we have this idea of tracking down the old team, getting everyone back together, figuring out what happened, to protect them from something. Different circumstances. But anyway, I, just, it, I couldn't help but feel, feel familiar, especially since we just talked about the movie. Um, all right, so we also learned that Wraith can teleport. So we get that confirmed in this issue. I think I... I thought there was clues in it in the previous issue, but maybe not. Um, Wraith tells Wolverine that Silver Fox is alive and well, and then shows him that he has Sabretooth chained up in the basement. So this story is really good. This art, like I said, is amazing. Let's just let's go over some highlights. So first page, right out of the bat, title page. We have Wolverine in this nightmare, and these sticks are like going through him. He's like in the a thorny bush, briar, patch, whatever, branches, and they're literally going through, like stabbing through him. And it's a great page. And then him cutting out of it in this two-page splash, just split in half horizontally. So we have a nice big Shrek at the top. It's too bad these aren't on MU, because I'm going to have a hard time getting a good picture of these. But, I mean, better if we could get the, uh, the digital art, and I can actually like, frame this up for y'all on Twitter. Um... But anyway, uh, he cuts loose, and then we see. So he's he's fighting these guys from different times. So he has like different Silver Fox, different Saber Two, different Wraith. Um, interesting. We have that scene of the tree with the uh, radiator coming out of it. Remember that? So we see that again. We see Commando Silver Fox, Commando Wraith, and modern day Saber Tooth. And then they're cut down by Fancy Saber Tooth, Silver Fox, as in. Uh, Native American, like tribal, like she has the headband and the the pony, the braids, kind of all the shortcuts for Indian, and then um, Wraith in a suit from a later mission, and they all fight over which one's real. Um, Jubilee wakes him up. Nick Fury is extra grumpy. Um, we get some nice, some weird angles, right? Like looking up at Wolverine, he looks really tall, which is interesting. Um, then go meet John Wraith and we get another memory in South America this time where Wraith is going to and kill a prisoner which may or may not be Silver Fox I don't think it is I think it's just like a so I said South America I meant Southeast Asia sorry um, and we get where Sabretooth cuts her down with the machine gun but still that same idea right they're on missions Wolverine does not want to be uber-violent, Sabretooth is uber-violent also, like the movie, right? Um, yeah, so Wolverine talks to Wraith, and he remembers Wraith shooting Omega Red in Berlin with his big gun. Um, but it didn't kill him. Omega Red tried to trap him, and he disappeared, and that's where Wolverine remembers Wraith's power set. And then, um... We see the Shiva head. Wolverine gets blasted. He remembers the spikes. He goes back to... This time it's South... Yeah, Cuba. 
Okay, I got my jungles mixed up. I apologize. Um, but he's in Cuba. He's chopping on cigars. He's got Mastodon there this time. And again, tentacles. Not Omega Red, but like plant-like. And um, Wolverine decides he's going to take John Wraith down. But then we go to his house. Um, it's a weird house. There's like graffiti on the wall. I'm not making a point. I live here, which is interesting. Um, there's people trying to steal his TV, and he runs them out, and then we see Mastodon. So the idea here is that Mastodon is aged because the age suppression that Weapon X gave them just stopped working, and Wraith is afraid it's going to happen to everybody. Now, what's interesting is he says everybody, and everyone seems worried, including Wolverine and Sabretooth, but we've already established, I think pretty solidly, their healing factor slows their aging down anyway. So even if Weapon X added some extra de-aging to them, it wouldn't really matter. Now, it could very easily matter to Mastodon, obviously it already does, uh, John Wraith and, and Silver Fox, and even Maverick, right? We don't explicitly know have healing factors. But Wolverine and Sabretooth seem a little maybe overly concerned. We also have this idea... Um, so we get this last page, we get a hulking saber tooth, who's all upper body, um, chained in, in to the to the basement, and he's got this like big gem on his chest, and Wraith constantly talks about these shaped charges and how they're these special explosives. Don't really know what the shape has to do with anything makes it blow up in a certain direction or something. I don't know. It's weird. and it doesn't really get explained. And I didn't Google it to see if it was anything real. Maybe I should do that real fast. You guys want me to Google it? What do you say? What do you say, listeners? Real-time feedback. Speak now. Speak now. Okay. Shaped charges. Oh. Interesting. So an explosion... <clears throat> Excuse me. A shaped charge is an explosive charge shaped to focus the effect of the explosive's energy. Various types are used to cut and form metal, initiate nuclear weapons, penetrate armor, and perforate wells in the oil and gas industry. Now, most of these are cylinder or triangular shaped. It doesn't necessarily have anything for like a gem or diamond shape, but hey, why not, right? Okay. So, I mean, at least they're kind of a real thing. It makes sense, because Samuel likes to do real stuff. I'm surprised this never showed up in G.I. Joe. Or maybe it did, and I just forgot. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, love kind of the wrestling of the memories and the different flashbacks of what's real, what's not, what makes sense, what doesn't. Uh, John Wraith kind of coming on the scene. Um, then the mystery around Mastodon and the aging factor and the art getting text on a full issue with Buccioletto's colors especially looks really really good um, I'm going to give Wolverine 61 6 out of 6 claws so that's going to take us to number 62 I believe oh, alright a little bit different um, this time the coloring is by Marie Javins Yavins, maybe? Other than that, it's the same. And the coloring looks pretty similar, to be honest. A little bit different. 
Actually, yeah, it is different. Sorry. It's definitely a little bit different palette and style. Um, so on the cover, in the forefront, we have Reunion. Wolverine and Sabretooth growling at each other. Hands clasped as they try to attack each other. And in the background, screaming, Die, mutants! So maybe Silver Fox is not supposed to be mutant? I can't remember. But she's in her Lady Hydra get-up. And I tell you what, man. Hey, Silver Fox. Cable called and wants his gun back. <laughs> Grant, you gotta see this cover, man. So Grant from Cable Guide, which, by the way, you should all go listen to. Um, this gun would make Cable... I mean, it would give him a techno-organic swing. Um, I don't even know how she can hold this gun. She's not that big. This gun's probably outweighs her three to one. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you can see what I mean by the feet. Like, her legs... I know she's in high heel stilettos, and so those point the feet down anyway. But her legs literally just go to, like, a tip. <laughs> like, she's standing on, like, spindles and doesn't have feet. But, anyway. Um, actually, I, I say, besides the gun, Silver Fox doesn't look that great on this cover. But Sabretooth and Wolverine look awesome. Um, Alright, so, obviously, Sabretooth breaks out of race chains and starts to fight with Wolverine, of course. But everyone is frozen in their tracks by the arrival of Silver Fox. She tells everyone to cool it. They're all part of the Weapon X project team. So we get those words kind of squished together and put together officially in canon. The Weapon X project team. And they need to work together to get back their real memories and keep their age suppression factors from drying up like Mastodons did. Again, there's almost an implication in this story that Weapon X supplied the healing factor, but no. Because in the Weapon X storyline even itself, the adamantium bonding only worked because of the healing factor, and we've also already had the healing factor linked to at least some life longevity. So, again, it seems like the motivation for Wolverine and Sabretooth should have been maybe more explicitly said that, hey, yeah, we do want our memories back, and we would like to help you guys not shrivel up and die like Mastodon. But, you know, age, age suppression doesn't really matter to us. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't need to be said. Maybe it just needs to be understood. But it's, it's kind of weird. Um, so Silver Fox has her Hydra goons bring out Hines, Dr. Hines, remember from the Weapon X program, uh, the female scientist, and demands that she start sharing info. Hines is scared. She, first of all, signed an NDL <laughs> and is worried for legal reasons about what she might say, but also I think she'd just be kind of terrified. Here's all these scary, scary mutants, and Hydra, and yeah, why wouldn't you be scared? So Wolverine and Wraith immediately do not like uh, Silver Fox's method. She's she's threatening to torture the information out of Hines, and they don't want to participate in torture, and not even really kidnapping, even if it means finding the answers they desperately want. So they start pounding Hydra goons into the ground. Um, but then Mastodon literally turns into a puddle which grosses Jubilee out and scares Hines some more, and she agrees to help voluntarily because she doesn't want all her friends to turn to her friends. All her clients, question mark, patients, question mark, to turn, just people in general. She doesn't want to see people turn into puddles. She feels guilty about that, so she agrees to help. Um, 
So Ray's neighbor just happens to be a hacker, and he finds, he gets into the, the files, the same ones that had Wolverine flagged or Logan flagged, and he finds all the Weapon X code names, including two new ones. So the same list that we saw in the Shiva scenario, but there's two new names, um, and a fourth name of Pharaoh with the Weapon X scientist. And let me go to the, that page again. So the, the names here. So we see Wolverine, Fox, Kestrel, Vol, Mastodon, and Wildcat. Vol, or Vole, and Wildcat are the two new ones. And then we see a list of the staffing. We have Professor, <laughs> just Professor again, uh, Cornelius Hines, which we all knew, and then Pharaoh, which is a new name. So we're getting more clues as we continue to bounce this around. Um, so uh, some research turns up Pharaoh is an old Sicilian crime boss who now resides on a private island off of Seattle. So we knew that the Weapon X program was had some criminal activity. Now we know that they're officially linked to a crime boss. So everyone loads up on Silver Fox's hydrojet and heads out. When they approach the island, they're shot down by missiles. They crash, um, they crash land and cut through the uh, security forces to find Pharaoh guarded by Maverick. Yeah, so Maverick's back, and he's guarding the bad guys. And we're gonna see what that's all about, right? So, again, art is really good. Uh, stories pretty good. Um, the, the whole it's not that there's not motivation there. I'm not I'm just not sure it's attributed. Because there's lots of reasons for Wolverine, especially and Sam Teeth a little bit, to go along with all this, right? Actually, maybe not Sabretooth. but for Wolverine, there's lots of reasons, right? Um, he wants to find out about his past. He wants to protect his peers. He particularly wants to figure out what's going on with Silver Fox and is interested in kind of rekindling that. The only thing odd about that is having Mariko just die. And he's like, hey, Silver Fox, wanna, you know, snick snick. Um, <laughs> that seems a little, no, that's not actually how it's written. <laughs> I may be reading into that a little bit. Um, but no, he, he definitely is taken back to a place when he sees her alive. And you know, there's a whole lot of reason for him to want to see this through to the end. Um, but Sarah is just kind of going along for the ride. Um, but the story is portrayed, though, as though they have this vested, vested interest in the age thing, which, I don't know, that, that part seems kind of weird. I, I hate to harp on it, it just it feels like that's the way it's written, and it could have been maybe spun a little bit differently and made, made, felt a lot more true to what we know and to the characters themselves. Um, but yeah, the art's really good. Uh, there's a really good character moment because Jubilee is pretty active in the story, not necessarily as any part of the plot, but as kind of just good character moments and also just to remind you that Wolverine has something else to fight for as well, right? Um, you know, protecting Jubilee, his connection to the X-Men is, is a nice kind of in-universe connection, not keeping this story so isolated, but also it just, I don't know, 
it's nice to have her along. There's a part after, you know, the neighbor takes her in and cleans her up after Mastodon literally turned to goo in her arms. And, um, so she comes downstairs and Wolverine gives her a hug and says, um, yeah, and Wolverine says, you know, I guess I wasn't being very sensitive back there. I mean, when Mastodon went all ectoplasmic on you, and Julie hugs him and says, it's all right, Wolverine. I know you've been going through a, a real bad thing over Mariko getting killed, and now Silver Fox turning out to be a major league pill. Yeah, about that. It's, it's just nice, because it's still Jubilee, right? It's still kind of snarky, sarcastic. Like, dude, your ex-girlfriend is kind of a, kind of a jerk. And she has been, right? She's been really mean and bossy and Hydra-ish. Um, <laughs> and Wolverine's like, yeah. Um, but it's fun. It's a nice little nice little moment, nice little scene with Jubilee. I appreciate her still being here, even though she's not really pertinent to the story or the mission. It's just some nice levity and a nice familial connection for Wolverine um, as we go through this. So, I kind of, I'm going to go ahead and give 62 6 out of 6 claws. It's maybe closer to a high 5. Um, yeah, I'm going to go a high 5. The, the whole like, oh, here's my neighbor who's a hacker and can automatically find exactly what we need on these files. Um, or they could have just used some Hydra information or called S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, having just a kid in his upstairs bedroom getting all this stuff seems, I mean, it fits. It's kind of comic booky, kind of like, you know, you have kids reading this, they, they can relate to it. Like, oh, this is how I can help. You know, it's fine. Yeah, five out of six claws for number 62. A very high five out of six claws. All right, we're going to move on to number 63, which... This time, it's the exact same creative team as last time. Um, our cover is pretty decent. Um, probably the first text cover of this little run is not amazing. Well, actually, I just... <laughs> it's fine. Um, it's Silver Fox and Wolverine fighting their way out of some purple tentacles. Okay. So, turns out the Mavericks are protecting Pharaoh for the federal government. Almost like a witness protection program, and it's just Maverick's assignment at the moment. Uh, Pharaoh explains all the spikes that we've seen in all these flashbacks. So he joined up in Weapon X to use his psi powers. So Pharaoh has psi powers to create memory implants instead of all those elaborate sets that we saw in the Shiva scenario. So he was like phase two, or the upgrade on the memory implants. And he turns his psi powers on the old team now. When Hines and Jubilee sneak in and hit him with a brick upside the head, um, Hines reveals that not only did Pharaoh implant memories, but he also connected them to pain receptors. Uh, Pharaoh makes everyone think that he explodes to cover his escape, but he kills Hines with fear on his way out, which you don't really see. And that kind of starts to trend over the next few issues of things we don't really see. Um... Now, I love Hammond to death. Love his art. and looking forward to reading the parts of it that I haven't before. I'm not sure this is going to... Well, anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, 
So he pretends to explode with his psi powers and makes everyone see, quote-unquote, him explode, and disappears. And then they go to Hines and say she's dead. It looks like her neck is broken, but it's not. Right, let me let me find that exact page. So they're they're leaning over Hines, and Maverick says, Hines is dead, but her neck isn't broken, not even bruised. She was scared to death. I, I don't really know why he assumed she would have a broken neck. Oh, because Pharaoh punched her. Oh, okay, we actually, sorry. So there's a snap when he punches her, like, like he killed her, maybe. And then we, Maverick's like, well, no, I thought he broke her neck, but it's not broken. Okay, sorry. That makes a little more sense than when I read it the first time. I just missed that that detail of that panel. Um, happens, I guess. <laughs> Even to me. Um, so anyway, um, where was I? Yeah, so he Wolverine then appeals to Silver Fox that Pharaoh can confirm which memories between them are true. Because what we've kind of established here is that Wolverine has this memory of this loving relationship time in the cabin, the romance, being murdered by Sabretooth. Tragically, right? But Silver Fox hates Wolverine. And we don't really know the exact memory. So I know what we've seen before, right, was the prom scene, which doesn't fit with the cabin, right? So it's definitely different. And I was under the impression that that's what Silver Fox remembered. But that scene... Okay, now I'm trying to remember. So did she run out on him? Let's see, was that in uh, was that in 50? Shoot. Uh, there was there was that scene. Now that I'm thinking about it. Um, let's see, I'm looking at my notes real fast. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. So, Silver Fox... Um, well, I don't remember. I apologize, guys. I don't remember what happened in that prom scene to the end. I know the the kids were picking on Wolverine, and he was going to get in a fight, but did he just leave her there, or did she leave him? There was an unsatisfying end to that scene. God damn it. Uh, I think that was in 50. Let me see if I can find it real fast. Because, I think it's going to be kind of important. Because for whatever reason, whatever happened exactly, Silver Fox hates Wolverine. Like, she's really, really mad at him. And when he's trying to be, he hasn't really tried to, like, get in her pants. I was just joking about that. But, um, but he is trying to, like, figure out what's going on with them and that relationship, and she wants nothing to do with it. She's like, no, thank you. Um, um, I don't like you. I don't have good memories of you. And so, yeah. Let me see. Can we see the the prom scene? He pops the balloons. I thought it was in 50. Is it not in 50? I really did think it was in 50. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... He gets in the fight in the parking lot, Back to the Future style. Oh, yes, okay. When she tries to save him, he's like, I'm out of here, I don't want to see you anymore. 
You're not really defensive. Okay. Sorry, guys. I knew it had to do with that scene. I just couldn't remember how it resolved. So, yes. So, I'm, I'm assuming then that that's what Silver Fox is so upset about. Is he basically, like, disappeared from her life at that point? And turned her to a life of crime. Um... So, yeah, so she's really mad. And Wolverine doesn't know why. But he does know he wants to figure out which of these is real. Were they in love or were they not on good terms? But either way, Silver Fox is like really short with them constantly. Um, and this all, by the way, all gives Sabretooth a good chuckle. <laughs> He's really delighting in their tension and turmoil with each other. Um, He's kind of bummed that he didn't kill her, because he thought he did. Uh, but, you know, maybe he'll get the chance again, he thinks, I guess. So, so while the team tried to blow through Pharaoh's trap door, back at the mansion, Xavier and Jean noticed a blip on Cerebro, which was Pharaoh's power surge. So I guess he let his guard down when he did his massive hallucination, and his side power peaked on Cerebro. Um, yeah. So there's a part here where talking explicitly about the memories. I want to kind of want to do an excerpt of reading here. So they're down in the basement. So Pharaoh has like a computer room in the basement, and they're down there trying to figure stuff out. And Wolverine is with the, with his old team. He says, "We're a team again. Here I am, not even recovered from the death of Marco, and I'm on a mission with Silver Fox and the guy I thought had killed her. What's going through her head?" What's the terrible thing she thinks I did? Worse? Did I really do it? Do I want to find out? So Sabretooth didn't kill her. In fact, he was my teammate, and later my partner. Could he possibly be my father? No, no, no. So definitely kiss the idea, not my dad, right? Um, what about Maverick? How much does he know that he's not telling me? Why is he so trigger-happy but so guilty about it? Wraith, is this guy really a mutant? Is he a space jumper? How come he doesn't make a pop like Nightcrawler? How come he didn't show up on Cerebro? So I just really like Wolverine's um, kind of struggle here, right? Like, I want answers, but these answers might cause me some pain. Don't know if it's really what I want to do. But I kind of need to find out. I want to reconcile things with Silver Fox. Are they irreconcilable? It's really the struggle, right? What Sometimes the truth doesn't bring what you're looking for. But it's still better than not the truth, right? Um, so anyway, um, so as the team recons around, Pharaoh nabs Silver Fox, and then up top with Jubilee, Xavier, and Jean show up, but they have Pharaoh Spike. So either he somehow knew what they were planning and is impersonating them, or he saw them come and took them over somehow, took them by surprise. That seems less likely, it also seems less likely that he would have read their thoughts from so far away. Unless that's what really triggers Cerebro. But then why would he even want to... I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway. So, Pharaoh eats Silver Fox. Wolverine is really upset and goes to try to cut her out, but he can't find her. He does find the medicine pouch. He's really upset. He even cries like tears. Like, show yourself. Bring her back. Um, and that's that's what we get. So, story's still pretty good. Art's still pretty good. Um, definite more of a five out of six 
range, uh, five out of six claws for 63. Um, yeah, I, I want to go back and I want to keep track now that I've refreshed my memory on all these issues. So, so Wolverine's crying for, for Silver Fox to come back. It looks like she was swallowed by Pharaoh, but he's also making himself out to be like a giant tree monster. Which is not necessarily his real form. Like it seems like it's more mental projection. Again, but anyway, want to put a pin in that. And that's going to take us to sixty-four. Um. So still, Larry Hammer writing. Mark Pucella on pencils, Dan Panogian on inks, Pat Rousseau on letters, and I can't even read this. Javins on Colors. Alright, this cover by Pacella and Panosian is not good. I'm sorry, but it's very... Um, it just looks off. So, it's like a red room with a door, a pink doorway, and Wolverine jumping at Sabretooth, who's leaning over Silver Fox's body. She's like in, um... Native American, like, loincloth type stuff. Um, and Wolverine just looks like the angles are wrong. It looks like someone trying to do a cheap Sylvester crossed with, I don't know, I don't know. It, look, it looks like the worst, like, C-list early 90s image art. Like, one of the guys who draws a book and... That Pinchella may go on to be one of those guys. I'm not actually sure. Um, you know, we'll have to have to check with John Wilson in all the pouches to see if he remember. I don't remember if he's talked about that name or not. I know Pinosian's come up because he becomes a Lifefield protege for a little while. Um, but I don't remember if Pinchella does any of those books or not. But that's kind of what it looks like. Just kind of a cheap C-list uh, image artist, and I don't like it. It's stiff and weird and. Not not for me. Um, Alright, so in this one, uh, the team starts tracking Pharaoh's underground... Com or sorry, <laughs> can't read my notes. The team starts trashing, not tracking, trashing Pharaoh's underground computers. This pulls Pharaoh out of hiding, revealing his true nature as an actual cyborg. And they spell it P-S-I-Borg, like a cyborg with psi powers. And now he wants Wolverine for genetic studies. So it turns out Pharaoh was cheated by the professor and denied his age suppression factor. Which at first I was like, do robots need that? But we'll find out later he does. Um, so anyway, since he lost his uh, sample, he decides to draw them all to him. That was his big master plan. He, he no longer had access to Weapon X and the project team. So he decided to play the long game and eventually use these memory teases to to pull them all back so he could get their their cellular structure and their genes and, and come up with his own age suppression factor, which makes me wonder if the age suppression factor in general came from Wolverine and Sabretooth or a combo thereof. Because one of the computer programs that they trashed was around Logan DNA samples. So we already had some samples, and of course now he doesn't anymore, and they just trashed it all, so he wants Logan basically on an operator table so you can get some more tissue and stuff and use that right 
as an age suppressor, or as a breakthrough, anyway. So that part kind of makes sense. The long con of, like, all the memory stuff just as a backdrop for some maniac's plan to slow down his aging uh, kind of take some of the oomph out of it. Um, anyway, so while Pharaoh confirms that while Sabretooth did not kill Silver Fox, obviously, um, the good life that they had was real. But her death was masked over another tragedy, which we almost get to see when this Shiva shows up to take out Pharaoh. And I guess after Sabretooth is next on the list. So Shiva cracks open the armor to reveal a weak old man, so that's why he wants the formula. Uh, I guess he needs some de-aging powers after all. Okay. So one thing I wanted to talk about. First of all, this art is not good. Um, a major departure from text stylistically and in quality. Um, there's just parts that there's parts that look okay. Like the first couple of pages are okay, and then it just kind of spirals <laughs> out of control. Um, maybe I'm being harsh. It's a very, very big part. No, I'm not being too harsh. The part where Wolverine gets bazapped in the back of the head looks terrible. Um, and after yeah, after that it looks really bad. Before that it looks okay. After that it looks really, really bad. Um, so the, I don't know, why couldn't it just be a mission to get the memories and fight some Weapon X leftover like security guards or something? This whole Pharaoh story takes some weird, not that interesting turns. Um, you know, he becomes more of just a, a maniac with an evil villain plan than a character with much motivation. Um... It kind of takes, uh, I mean, the stakes are still there to a degree, but the emotional impact definitely starts to slip away with Pharaoh just becoming a supervillain. Um, yeah, so one thing I want to kind of look at. So he does confirm that Wolverine and Silver Fox had their time at the cabin. And he talks about how all these tragedies, all these terrible memories he gave them, they may not be real, but they're connected to real trauma. Like there has to be pain, he says, to bond the tragic memories to the pain receptors that they have and to make them stick. And so we understand that if that was real life and not the prom that Silver Fox remembers, but then something happened still. So maybe she left him on her, his birthday instead or or something else happened but we don't find out because that's when Shiva shows up I'm trying to remember how long it is until we find that or if we ever find that I don't remember what, what the actual real thing is sorry I know I'm supposed to know everything I'm supposed to be your Wolverine encyclopedia but there's a lot I don't remember um, okay but one thing I want to talk about pretty significantly through here as well is so they fight Pharaoh. You know, they're fighting, they're slashing, they're trying to cut him open. The medicine pouch opens some memories and it puts Wolverine into a memory with Silver Fox. He knows it's not real. 
Okay, so we see her setting up for the birthday. We see Sam she kick the door in. Um, then Shiva shows up, and Wolverine cuts Sabretooth, which that seems to maybe happen in... No, it doesn't, because Pharaoh also zaps Sabretooth in real life, and he gets swallowed by the tree. And then... She... <sighs> I get this last couple of pages are really confusing, and 65 is not going to give us any help. So I'm trying to make sense of it now. So Shiva attacks Pharaoh, pulls him out of the armor. He's weak. He blasts Sabretooth. Sabretooth gets swallowed by the tree, which is also supposed to represent Pharaoh. Or maybe the tree like wraps around Pharaoh as protection, but then it shrinks down to like. Um, a, a little twig with like a thorny cocoon that hangs from it. And Wolverine comes out and says, where's Sabretooth? And, and Maverick says, the tree ate him. Because Wolverine's gonna, he's gonna kill Sabretooth now and Pharaoh. But the tree ate them. There's this cocoon that is all that's left of Pharaoh. Um, a little pod and then Maverick crushes it in his hand so we're assuming that's the death of Pharaoh I guess we're also assuming that's the death permanently of Sabretooth and Silver Fox now I want to I want to definitely remember that for when Sabretooth comes back but it also is going to play into 65 because I got really confused Maybe I shouldn't have. Maybe it's making more sense to me now. But, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, story takes some weird turns, becomes a little less interesting. Combine that with some kind of crappy art. And I think I'm giving this 64 a very generous 3 out of 6 claws. Alright, so that's going to take us to Wolverine number 65. Really cool cover by Tex. Uh, all white background, state of grace. We have Wolverine in the front, mourning, face in his hands. And then in the background, we have Professor X, Jean Grey, Cyclops, and Jubilee just kind of looking on. All right, so Tex is back um, as artist. Um, we have an art assist by Steve Biasi. And then Marie Javins doing the colors, Pat Russell letters, and of course Larry Hama with the script. Now, we do have a special note, because we are doing several issues here. Um, that This story definitely takes place before Executioner's Song, so that's good to know. Um, but yeah, it's a state of grace. And what happens here is confirming that when Silver Fox got eaten by the apparition of Pharaoh, that we're assuming she's dead. I, I never saw them recover a body or anything, which is weird because they talk about where they want her remains to go, but there's no remains. I don't... I'm, at first, I was like, when did she die? Like when I first read this issue, I was like, when did she die? She just got trapped. 
But, you know, I can see now where they thought she died. I don't see where they got remains. I don't really understand that at all. Um, anyway, he was going to bury her remains in Salem Center, but Wraith found the cabin, the real cabin in the woods, and he's going to take Wolverine there, blindfolded, of course, so that he doesn't know where it is. And he doesn't need to know, right? For whatever reason. So uh, Wolverine goes and buries her there. Using the carving on the cabin door, the one that said Silver Fox and Logan in the heart, right? On the door. He, he cuts that off and uses, his, uses it as a tombstone. So, we didn't see a clear death. Now maybe it is more clear than I thought, I guess. If we assume that everyone was in that little cocoon, or their essence, then we can say that we saw a death for Pharaoh, Silver Fox, and Sabretooth, and that's fine. Um, and then, um, we don't find out why Silver Fox, well, yeah, we did from the prompt thing. I was confused. Um, I will say, one, getting from the end of 64 to 65, it kind of feels like we missed an issue. Um, and so, I don't know. I was a little off-put. We have this, this sequence in the danger room where Wolverine goes back to the cabin in the danger room. Um, and he fights Sabretooth um, and Gene and, and Jubilee are concerned but Professor X and Cyclops are like, no, this is what he wanted. Let him have it. And he goes after the simulation. He goes to a bar Please pull. I like that he drinks a Boilermaker because I really, I think we're not supposed to call them this anymore, but one of my favorite drinks when I was out playing a lot was were Irish Car Bombs. I think there's another name for them now and I don't remember what it is. Um, but yeah, kind of the same concept, right? A shot dropped into a beer. Um, really nice. Um, anyway, Wolverine hustles a guy. They get upset. He says, tell you what, double or nothing, whoever basically gives into the fight first <laughs> so the the guy gets some brass knuckles and busts Wolverine's up takes an eye out Wolverine's like alright let's go and he's like uh and then Gene shows up and saves the guy <laughs> and, and it's actually a, a nice conversation with Wolverine he's like you know the problem is I don't know my pain any longer stuff that I thought I worked out comes right back and the wound gets opened up again now I find out that a lot of the hurt I thought I'd lived through was lies and planted in my head just to mess with my memory. What's worse is finding out most of the joy I was holding on to in my life, like a life raft, wasn't nothing but a fake too. And then Gene's kind of weird. She's like, I suppose that life isn't rough for anyone else but Logan, huh? Look, I know he's kind of feeling bad for himself and is maybe rightfully... See, I don't really think he's moping. I think he's mourning. But Gene's all like, oh, well, Fanny Party, Wolverine. Stupid Gene. Um, <laughs> and this doesn't seem like something a friend would, would come. So, by the way, guys, if I ever go through, like, lose two lovers in, like, three days span, and, you know, I'm feeling kind of bad, first of all, it's probably just grief. Second of all, even if it is a pity party at that point, let me have it. Gene, I don't think Gene's being... I know 
Ham is trying to say that this is what Wolverine needs, and maybe he does. But I don't think Jean's being a very good friend here. Um, so he leaves, and that's when we find out, you know, that the cabin is real, and they, they fly him up there with a casket. Again, I don't really know what they're burying. Is it just symbolic? They could say that. Might help, I guess. Um, yeah. But, um... So it's weird as they take him there, and Fury's like, all right, well, let's, we'll lift you back up. He's like, no, no, I need to do this by myself. You guys leave. I'll find my way home. Which means, by the way, he doesn't know where the cabin is. <laughs> but, um, you know, whatever. So, the burial, well, it doesn't make sense. I guess we'll just headcanon. It's just symbolic, right? It's, it's an empty coffin. Maybe he has a medicine pouch in there. I mean, that makes sense, right? He can bury that in the key with her. It's a very touching scene. For all the hard time I've given this issue, this part where he gets to the cabin and buries Silver Fox is very, very touching. Um, and the art's really good. And, you know, he has some memories. And it's just, it's nice. It's really nice. Him at the graveside, really nice. It's, it's really cool. Um, it's a good scene. He promises to come back and visit every spring, which, you know, probably won't do every spring, but I think, you know, he, he tries to hold that up. So, there's some holes in the story that I had trouble with, but overall, it's still decent. And the art's really good. Um, you know, the last half of this is probably six out of six, and the front half is probably... Four out of six. I'll, I'll go ahead and give this five out of six claws. It's a little more on the fence down towards the four. All right, so now for some bonus coverage. We're going to talk about Marvel Comics Presents 109 through 116, which is Typhoid's Kiss. Now, this is written by Anne Nascenti with art by Steve Lytle. Letters by Bill Oakley and colors by Kelly Corvis or Corvezzi, maybe. So 109, I think all of these covers are by Lytle, all the Wolverine side covers. Yes, that is correct. 109 is a cover, it's all black. It says Typhoid's Kiss. It's got Wolverine's face and shadow on the back, the tips of his claws in the front, and then a lipstick impression in red on the black with a drop of blood dripping from the lipstick. It's actually a pretty nice cover. I was like, okay, cool. Typhoid Mary, this might be cool. Alright. The cover to 110 is Naked Typhoid and Logan in chains and shadow, of course. In a red and white hue and a guy with a chainsaw in the background looking mad. It's okay. Uh, 111, the cover is Typhoid Mary's face in white and with blue shadow. And then breaking, essentially it's Mary's face, it's worth pointing out. And then breaking behind one eye is the Typhoid face in a pinkish red. And then Wolverine in the foreground in, in shadow outlined in light blue. Again, this one's a pretty cool cover. Uh, 112 is Wolverine's face in the back, and then a yellow flame, and then in the yellow flame is a silhouette of Typhoid Mary jumping down and landing 
only her half of her face is in color in the red. The rest is all black solid silhouette. And her butt is overly shaped. <laughs> to make it, I guess, try to be quote-unquote really sexy, I guess, maybe. Um, it's okay. Uh, 113, the cover is a burnt Wolverine with his claws out yelling. And it's fine. Uh, 114 is a scene a Wolverine with a machine gun standing over some bodies. It's not good. I don't like it. Uh, 115, maybe my favorite. Um, it's a black background. Then the silhouette of Wolverine with short hair because it's growing back because he got burnt. Um, cutting his way through some wires and it fades from yellow to red inside the, the silhouette. And the background is all black. It's a pretty cool cover. Uh, 116, the last one is kind of a bookend to 109. So it's Wolverine in black, dark shadow, parts of his face visible, two claws popping in the foreground, and then Typhoid Mary in the background. It's okay. So basically there's this guy. He's a serial killer. And he finds Logan in a hotel on a binger, for lack of a better word, and says, I need your help. The project is after me. At first I was like, oh, Weapon X related. No, not. Not really. There's a spy group called The Project, and they use psychedelic drugs to train killers. This guy got away. He's been killing spies. There's a news story about a, a spy serial killer. And he comes to Logan and says, I need you to help me. They're trying to mind control me. They speak to me through these like radio receptor in my brain. And I tried to cut it out, but I couldn't. But I don't want to kill anymore. Can you help me? I need you to find Mary. Typhoon Mary, he keeps calling her, not Typhoon. Kind of funny, maybe. Haha. <laughs> um, and Logan says he relates to being mind-controlled and says, I'll try to help you. And he finds Mary. And we know, I think we know that Mary has pheromone powers. So Wolverine immediately falls in love with her. I hope his powers and Wolverine's not just that desperate. Um, and she says, I think I have some files and stuff. We can we can track down some leads. Because she was part of the project, too. Which I don't remember that part of her history, but whatever. Um, so while they're helping her, Typhoid Mary comes out. Burns Wolverine, starts killing people, finds one of the head scientists, and basically wants him to separate Mary and Typhoid uh, with basically like psychological surgery um, using his mental manipulation science <laughs> to to cut them apart and I don't know if the idea is to cut Mary out so only Typhoid is there because I wouldn't think Typhoid wants to die so I think she wants him to cut out Mary altogether Wolverine wants him to cut out Typhoid altogether and save Mary because he, he keeps saying, I need Mary back, I need Mary back because he's madly in love with her. Heads over heels. Um, never mind Mariko or Silver Fox or even Eugene fans out there. It's all Typhoid Mary. It's all he wants. Um, but in the end, Typhoid Mary kills everyone and sets everything on fire and leaves and then Wolverine is left to kill or not to kill the scientists and we don't actually find out. Um, alright. I don't like this art. 
I feel like I've read Steve Lytle's stuff that I like. This wasn't it. And maybe I'm misremembering and I don't like other stuff either. I don't know. Anne Nascenti. Not a fan of her modern work at all. Like, New 52 stuff? No thanks. Um, her Daredevil run with John Romita Jr. and then a little bit of Lee Weeks? Pretty great. Um, her She did a really, like, kind of stream of consciousness writing there that really worked with Daredevil and his internal monologue and the, the development she put into the story, like, that all worked really well. Really liked that run a lot. And so, at least to some extent, there's a part of Nesenti's career that I think is considerably good. And this is not that far after that. I did not enjoy the story, though. Um, I feel like the connections are tenuous at best, Again, Wolverine's motivation just doesn't... I mean, yeah, right? He he feels bad and feels a connection to the guy who was manipulated. But, I don't know. And there's... And, oh, there's a spy ring, and they control people, and Wolverine's going to help bust them up. There you go. Oh, and Typhoon Mary's there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really like this. don't really have a lot to say about it. Um, two out of six clause for that whole story for me and there's a whole swath of MCP for you <laughs> so we'll see what the next round of that brings so that's going to do it for the episode uh, covered a lot of books and actually shorter time than I thought so there you go um, so again next up we'll have another S words event uh, episode with Georgie and hopefully maybe get Dan back and Ian maybe no it's okay if they don't but they're definitely missed. Um, and then also, uh, we'll have another chock full flashback episode after that. Like, really full. But I'm going to kind of do like a Halloween theme, right? I'm going to throw a bunch of stories about magicians and demons and werewolves and everything all kind of in one giant episode with a lot of coverage. And I have a lot of reading to do between now and then, but I think I can get it done. So, Anyway, hope you enjoy. If you enjoy the faster pace, doing stuff more like the Costco versions of the flashback episodes, let me know. If you prefer me to do one or two issues like I've kind of normally done, let me know that too. And I'll kind of maybe I don't know. We'll see what happens after the crossover. What kind of pace I, I stick. I'm planning to go back to more like a normal pace with just a handful of issues per episode, but we'll see. If this is really appealing to you guys, I would not be opposed to trying to keep it up for a little while. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, um, I mentioned a lot of shows tonight. Um, so go check out uh, the Cable Guide podcast, Excaliburos, um, Make Mine Marvel, All the Pouches. Those are some things I talked about tonight. Um, and what else? Oh, for, for the Ten of Swords stuff, uh, check out Homo Superior. X Reads Podcast, House of X, and the comic book Queer's Legacy Podcast. All those are really good. You can't go wrong with any of those. So go go listen up. Uh, go check all that stuff out. And um, of course for this podcast, the Wolverine Podcast that goes snicked, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at snickcast. Um, I'm torrentially Swimming, swimming my way through other Marvel's 90's comics so a lot of that's on my Twitter if you're interested in that as well 
Um, so at Snickcast again, where to find that. And then show notes and stuff are at snickcast.podbean.com. Um, I'm hoping to get this. Oh, yeah, it will be. Remember, guys, go vote. Um, and also, you know, stay safe, stay well. But go vote, really. So if you're an American, if you're in this country, then let your voice be heard. So, do that. Yep, alright, well, anyway, until next time, um, hugs and snicks, everyone, and we'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. And snacked. <laughs>